0: Please remember that all the opinions you hear on our show, whether from our hosts or guests, are their own. They don't represent anyone else's views or endorsements. So listen in for fun and learning, or remember, it's all up to you how you use it. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on this adventure. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Yes Day Inclusion podcast. I am Kirby Morgan.
1: And I'm Laura Wingler.
0: And today I just thought we would talk about making inclusion possible because I feel like that's where we started here. And I would hope that three years later, inclusion was a lot more uh, available, a lot more in a lot more places than it is today. So maybe we could give some tips here about how, Small little changes can make big differences and make inclusion possible for everyone because I really truly believe inclusion benefits every person.
1: So changes by who? Changes by
0: schools, changes by businesses, changes No, I mean
1: like what kind of people need to be changing. Is it the kids who need the inclusion to change themselves? (laughs) No, it's me just. Including? I think it's
0: the uh, <laughs> not the the adults that are surrounding the kids. I think that a lot of adults more than ever are really stuck in their mind frame, and once they make a decision about a kid, they kind of like make the decision is permanent. And for me, that's hard because I've seen my kid grow, and just because he h- had a hard day, it doesn't mean he's a bad kid, and I've seen educators, I've seen uh, therapists make a decision based on one or two incidents and then they kind of just are not willing to try anymore.
1: For my daughter, it's usually a bad 10 minutes out of the day or 30 minutes out of the day when there's not a single other incident or behavior the rest of the day. But like that 10 minutes or 30 minutes will make it so that everything needs to change.
0: I know.
1: Yeah, it's I wanted to set off an alarm and you're like, no, it's the adults that need to change because that seems to be the biggest barrier. It's because the expectation, even when you go um, anywhere, any any meeting you have about your kids in any setting, if it's to go on a vacation, you know, like a um. ADA accessibility meeting and IEP meeting, it's always like talking about how we're going to change the child. And I'm kind of like leaving the table for that now. I'm like, nah, not here to change the kid. I'm here to make the environment accessible to the kid. Not cramming, you know, my round peg into a square hole or a square peg into a round hole.
0: Right. And I think a lot of places and uh, people think when we're talking inclusion, we want you to stop your everything, give them a magical extra experience. We just want equal, we just want an equal experience. And I think that until I, and I was blind, I, I can say I was very, very blind before I started living this life but simple things like, if we're gonna call ourselves an inclusive business, is somebody there making sure that's not just a poster on my wall? Is there somebody that has a position there that is an inclusion director, inclusion manager that goes and makes sure that the other tra- staff is trained and that the inclusion is really happening? Because a lot of the times, well, And my experience is, there's this website, it says XYZ, but then you go to access the inclusion, and there's no one there really making sure it's happening. It's just a slogan on the wall.
1: (laughs) I like to use that. I know formerly in a camp slash after school program, local organization, their website talked about their whole website and their whole mission statement statements me how they it's a national organization who I'm not going to name, but they're like, Oh, we meet the needs of our local community. We, um, and they're talking going on and on about how diverse they are and how inclusive they are. And then, you know, they, my kid was the one like kicked out immediately out of everything. And I remember going, you're meeting the needs of the community yet this community in this part of New Jersey has the highest incidence rates of kids with autism and you're doing nothing for them. A couple of years later now they have like some programs, a swimming program, which i going to give credit. My kid learned how to swim there. Um, you know, I filed ADA complaints. I filed DCR complaints, apparently got offered free membership and swimming lessons out of it, which ironically, Ironically, we got a year of free swimming and they closed the pool to do maintenance. And then they like disappeared on me. And my kid hasn't gotten her swimming since apparently they reopened and never told me they reopened. Like they never um, followed through on their commitment to their, to our, um, I guess, what is it? Our agreement, whatever. Um, My point is I use that. Like you can't put on your website, all these videos and like, I send the videos in with my complaint too. I'm like, here's like their CEO, like praying, which is freaking weird, like on a non-religious organization, Um, going on and on about how amazing they are. And I'm like, they're the worst. And I had several other families I talked to who experienced the same thing. So I don't know if you're going to put that out there and you're going to have the poster on the wall. You're going to have the, Like they, for example, all everything on their website was like inclusion, diversity, equity, and then, um, you're, you don't have any policies to support that in your organization or any statement of accessibility or that you're ADA compliant, for example, then you're full of crap. It's marketing. It's not real. And I feel like people like to use it as a buzzword, which I, you know, me. I hate buzzwords if there's no follow-through or actually doing what you're saying that you're doing.
0: Yeah. Um, And it's disappointing because more and more places, like I'm going to throw an example of uh, an amusement park that recently opened up here in San Diego, and they called themselves uh, a certified autism center. I had – I was – Really frustrated in a moment, I was there with uh, some, actually I was there with uh, a mom we had on the show uh, that was talking about inclusion with her daughter, Kaya. And she, me and her were like in disbelief at how they could call themselves an autism center. And they have one location with the longest line in this whole ginormous park with French fries. So finally, I talked to a manager or somebody, and I was like, I want to teach you something. French fries and autism, very important. Kids with autism love French fries. And you couldn't, like, we, like, really tried to, even though it, the amusement park labeled themselves a Certified Autism Center, we never, I never know what that means, and I never know if they're gonna really be a certified autism center, and if the it's more than just just a buzzword anymore. So me and the other mom, Jen, we prepared like for the apocalypse. We got this at Cabana where we could order food to the Cabana, so they could have a break outside of the sun, and the food could come. You could order all food except for French fries. So I finally have them running and getting french fries. Then, my son is 12 and loves Sesame Street too. So here starts some parade. And do you think they even have like an area? Like, so they're not like, so that they can jump around. Like, so you don't have to like be like policing your overly excited child that is meeting their favorite thing like in the world like he doesn't want a MacBook but he thinks Grover is really cool so there's not even like even a space for his wheelchair where he could sit and not have people on top of him but and then the kicker I think the last straw was the paper passes this place is primarily a water park so I'm managing my artistic child and it, my friends Daughter, because my friend was is not a ride person, so I was the one having to do these rides with the kids. My I have pull out my paper paper, like a paper in a water park, and make sure I keep it dry for the next. Because my disability pass was a piece of paper at a water park, so I just think that how who is like responsible for saying I'm a certified autism center. What does it require to say that? I feel like there's so much talk and so little action when you're at a water park, use a card machine and put it on like a bungee around her wrist or put a waterproof band, a plastic band, do something. Like these small changes make a huge difference. Instead of having me holding, stepping on Jaden, making sure the other one doesn't escape and digging for a piece of paper. Like, these just When I think that they focus on, okay, well, we have a quiet room. Great. Well, what else are you doing? Because, yes, quiet rooms are great and sensory rooms are great. But what about the kids that come there and are have these high expectations? for their day because they really look forward and a lot of our kids have these special interests and we take them to the places and just doing that alone is a brave step
1: yeah we have one here too and i think they had two of those sensory rooms or quiet rooms and i remember we i've never actually been in it because we couldn't even get to it because it was across like the whole park to get to when i needed it and then we got there, there was a line for it. And I'm like, that's not really how this works. <laughs> like, you can't they can't wait in line for it. My biggest gripe with Sesame Place, to be honest, is I. they may have changed it now. We haven't gone in a few years, but um, you have every time you went, even if we had a season pass, I had to wait in that line for the disability access stuff every time. And it was like 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm like, I'm the only one here with her. She has to wait in a line to not wait in line. It was just, that was, to me was the dumbest thing. Like, if I come once, there's no change from the next time to the next. Like, there, there should have been a way to certify like her season pass for she gets that, this accommodation yeah. that I don't have to like keep going in line every single time. I to get that. that. Piece of paper.
0: Yeah, I remember that too. And we were like the first people in line. And you have to think about it. And I say our kids have special interests. Those, they they love their special interests. And Jaden loves Sesame Street. So he's seeing all the people. He's seeing people, them waving other people in. They're seeing people take pictures with them, the characters. And he is like... Like, I'm like holding him with all my might because he wants to go so bad. And we still have to wait and get like two people how to approve it. It was insanity while we're holding him because he wants to go so badly. Where I think a lot of places have, I know Universal for sure has where the past lasts a year. I think Disney's is ninety days, but because they moved to like an online platform, yeah. You you get it online. So I think like small changes make a big difference, and it's just baffling to me that some places are so far ahead of others. And I, I wish I there was a way.
1: Well, I do. I feel like Sesame Place is like they were trying, like it did over the years with her because we went there a lot. It did get better um I don't know what's like I want I, she actually wants to go like we haven't gone a couple of years because I'm kind of like really you're like 10 you want to still go there okay um I love I love that place I mean I'll go there anytime when it's not crowded of course the one thing <laughs> I learned by accident though is if you if your kid likes the characters they want to see characters just you just book one of those dining party things because it's limited to how many people can go. And then they get to spend an hour with those characters, dancing and taking pictures that I, it's how I did it for her. Then they, it was also food included. So I'm like, that's how I would get the French fries and the, the things are always there. So it'd be like, okay, let's get the eating over with your dancing, partying, doing this little event. And then I don't have to worry about waiting in line because I don't know, I always say just, I always assume just cause it's a Pennsylvania and they're like slower than, New Jersey over there, like, I don't, New Jersey, New York, like we're in a rush for everything over here. Like, like I'll never forget. I went on vacation and this girl was making an ice cream cone in like South Carolina. I swear to God, it took her like four minutes to fill the ice cream. She just slowly like moving the thing. I wanted to like grab the machine and just make it myself. Cause I'm like, what is this lady? Like, she's just so like la de da. And I'm like, I want my ice cream cone. And it's just that our mentality is just like quick, quick, quick. And the dining services over there are just slow. Like, I've never seen... They're just, like, slowly putting out the food. Like, I don't know. Here, even at, like, Wawa's, like, our big, like, gas station food place, it's, like, you just see how quickly these people stock shelves because everything's empty so much. There was, like, no urgency. and Then there was a line wrapped around the whole theme park to get food. I did learn at Sesame Place, like, the one here it just I don't ever expect to eat there because the lines are just too long and you're just never going to be able to actually get the food because it's just there's no sense of urgency and there's only so long I could wait in a line with a screaming kid so I always I will say that they've always been respectful about people who pack food I've always had like snacks and food in my purse because I knew Allie would never wait in those lines as a, as a little three four five six year old
0: yeah and I think like today in 2024 we should be like using online ordering systems like we should be trying to be as efficient as possible with all of our time I feel like there are so many small little ways that we could tweak and make inclusion obtainable and realistic and I think that because of a few instances, or a few bad, you know, or expensive things, people just automatically don't do it. They just automatically assume it's going to be too expensive, it's going to be too hard, there's going to be too much involved,
1: and too inconvenient for me as an adult to make a change that I don't want to make, because I want to do things the way I do them, the way I've always done them. That is the problem.
0: Right. I was at an establishment this weekend, which has, I'll say it it was Great Wolf Lodge, and they have a huge thing on their website about being inclusive. I, everything, when I would ask for something or I would say something, uh, they kept telling me this was their word, and I, it was driving me absolutely nuts, where, as a comp we're gonna do this complimentary one time as a compliment or or like we're gonna like like as a favor i'm not asking for a favor i'm telling you he ripped off his uh armband and i'm trading you it for a new one when i'm not like saying here i need it here's i just need a new one and i don't have the other one which could very much happen he could have threw that at any point in time when i'm like literally trying to exchange a broken one for a new one so he can go to the wa- new water slides today. Cause like, you can't just enter with a broken wristband. Otherwise like you just could give them out on the street when you leave. So I went like, but like that word like, oh, I'm doing this like complimentary as a one-time courtesy. Like, no, you're you're doing that to make my life a little bit easier. Cause my son deserves an equal experience as everyone else here. Like we came here, we paid the money, and we're a family, and we just want to go to the.
1: It's not a, a cert, like you're not doing me a favor. Yeah, well, it also goes back to remember the attitudes that we talked about in on one of our first episodes about Disney. It became about people lying and people taking advantage, and it's like we always get lumped in with those few people that, in their experience, did that or in their perception of the. Event did that I also think since the pandemic there's like no customer service anywhere it's it's like so bad (laughs) even if people blatantly make a mistake they're not even sorry for it they're just like I don't know what has gone on and especially the restaurant industry lately most places now if they mess up your order they don't even want to fix it they're just like oh okay and they'll walk away you're like no no hold on not okay I don't want this. Like, this is not what I wanted. Like
0: especially because things are expensive these days. Like like, come back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's um it is disappointing because I know Great Wolf Lodge is very expensive.
0: It is quite expensive. Like you pay off like a resort fee, like you're like basically staying at like a Disney property. This is and it used to be so fun. However, I guess I went there when it first opened and uh, we were going like weird times during the week because it was before the kids were in school. Type of when we went and I'm telling you, it was so packed and like the capacity on this wave pool and Lord, it's not a huge wave pool. And before there used to be a clock like counting down when I need to run out of there for like I get trampled by children. But. Like capacity was four hundred and twenty three, and I looked at um, one of uh, one of Jackson's friends ended up coming and spending the day with him, because he's a special needs brother and like he doesn't get like a lot of companionship because a lot of people don't really understand Jaden, mm. so it just so happens like, uh, one of his friends came because and, and his brother. Was actually not there because he's just too anxious to stay at a hotel. So, um, that you know, they kind of like get it a little bit. And even though it's so funny because like our kids are so different, but just that level of understanding, like as a like a parent to parent, mom to mom, we get it. So she came and I we looked at each other at one point. And we're like, Could you imagine four hundred and twenty three people in that pool. Like, it, it's already, I'm thinking, like, miserably crowded. <laughs> but, like, 400 just in that area. And I just feel like everything, because COVID, I'm sure, hit a lot of businesses hard. And I think a lot of them are still recovering financially. So, th- th- when I say they were booked to the seams, it, I, like, my jaw was to the ground on Sunday night, let like the checkout in line. Like, why, why are the people checking in? Like, oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's a lot.
0: <laughs> it is. And I think because um, of the financial uh, you know, pressure that COVID p- put on a lot of businesses, it's getting overlooked. That's where, like, uh, that's the thing. I just think it's getting overlooked. I don't think anybody... I hope, I want to have faith in humanity that anybody wants to maliciously exclude somebody with a disability or somebody that requires an accommodation. I just think people are oblivious because there's no training and there's nobody holding anybody accountable.
1: That could be it. We talked a long time ago about um, where in your budget are you figuring out the logistics of carrying out these things like and where like where does it start who starts it um and I, I mean don't think does it have to be angry parents all the time it usually is
0: and when you get one angry parent you, like in my experience they worry about calming the angry parent down versus making a permanent change to make sure it doesn't happen again they fix the one one situation. They don't we don't fix the whole problem. We just fix the situation with the one person instead of stepping back and saying that can't happen again, what can we do to make sure it doesn't?
1: Yeah, that's the that's the hard the hard part, right? And I'm the nicest person ever about it in the beginning until we don't do that here our policy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And when you have to point out your policy excludes people. So your policy is no longer relevant here in this conversation. that's yeah. yeah. usually where, I don't know. I just, I would like a world where I don't have to do all this extra work.
0: Right. And I, I wish there was a, A position in every company where like you know you have a safety officer you have an accessibility officer you have somebody that's responsible for looking at those small little things because if you think about it how like the salary versus like the lawsuits you would avoid I think you'd be a winner especially in really large businesses
1: I don't even think it's something where you need a new position in every every organization for this it would just be responsibilities that get tied to someone who either does their compliance because most organizations have compliance officers or somebody who does auditing for them. Um, that person or mad that's a management position. Like that's a, ma- if you're a general manager of any kind of hospitality area, this should be part of your job. Like you're the person executing everything. You're the person out there. You're the person training everyone. It could be part of HR. Like, there's just so many other ways to embed it into existing roles. Because I understand creating a new position would be extremely expensive. But I don't don't even know if this would be an entire position either. Like, once you fix your policies, fix the way you approach things, give staff training, it's just maintenance at that point.
0: Right. And a lot of big companies, you have training departments. Add this into your training spend one hour per employee and give them a little bit extra training so they know what to do in situations because a lot of the things that I encounter, it's mostly because they have no clue of what they should do, how to do it or what they could have done better. It's, and it starts at the top. So if the people at the top are not going to make the effort. Why is Sally my waitress going to care? <laughs> that my son needs his french fries right away and there's no way we got time for you to put one by one in the fryer <laughs> okay ma'am? Yeah.
1: well everything comes down to also like the people you serve right who are your customers or your business like i know everyone right now across every industry are looking at who their customers are how to meet their needs and i know i, I teach for multiple colleges in higher education and every single one is doing the same thing where they're saying a lot of our students were getting more dissipate, you know, students with disabilities, students who are neuro, oh my God, neurodivergent students are like a big topic everywhere right now. Cause they're like, these are, there's so many of these students out there who are college material. We want them to come here. We want them to feel included here. And like each one is saying, talking about what our policies are in our classroom, you know, accepting, you know, being flexible, accepting late work, giving people extra support. Like these are all things that are constantly being talked about to us. And I already do these things, but like, I know some of my policies, I know I have peers, like I tell you all the time, I have peers who are like, you're crazy for letting students just keep resubmitting their work. And I'm just like, okay, but I teach writing and it's a skill-based thing. And some people need to write it 10 times. Some people need to write it three times. It is what it is. It doesn't really, it doesn't affect my life to the point where I can't, spend a few extra minutes dealing with it. But my point was that like, everyone is looking at who are the people we serve? How do we meet their needs? It's the same thing. I'm sorry, but like, if you run a theme park and you think that kids with disabilities don't want to come there, there's millions that want to come there, make it possible. And you're expanding your customer base. Like it's also business sense. It's not even, it's, it's like common it- sense
0: it's such good advertising when you get another mom sees a mom they know that took their child there and had a great day that makes that mom more confident like we can do this and the more you bring them into your park your hotel your whatever the more moms will do that and I've learned a ton from moms. I've learned where to go, how to go, why not to go, what time to go. And you may not think that it's worth the investment, but I'm telling you, we're the disability community is a huge customer base and they shouldn't be eliminated from the conversation when you're talking about who your customers are. Like this weekend, it was funny because all of the table, like, it's this is a big giant water park, and I get it. There's food, and you want people to be safe. But the tables, okay, there was one handicap table that was low. But who is their target audience, children or adults? So there's, they got the kids, the parents have pulled chairs from wherever they could find them. The kids sitting, like, well below the high top, and the parents eating and, like, watching their kids in the chair, like, way below them. Like, just that, like, whoever, like, who's your audience? You serve children. You should make it comfortable for them to eat because then they'll keep asking their parents to get them things. If they got to stop, slump over in a chair, it's just not good business sense. Where if we just started putting individuals that with disabilities and into the conversation, you're, you could open up. A pretty lucrative world of new customers, and it can be really lucrative if you think about it. Giving us a safe place for our kids, we—that's we'll, we, where we want to go. Then we'll keep coming back.
1: Oh no doubt, especially at Sesame Place, those poolside cabanas that are like 400 dollars. We're the ones buying them because we want to be able to sit down and have like
0: a chill spot, chill place
1: to just get out of the sun and just you know, recharge our batteries for a few minutes. Like we're the kinds of people who are going to spend money on that.
0: Right, And we're the kinds of people that are going to, if our kid wants 17, like Jackson will want chicken burger, this and that, and he'll might take a bite of each, but I'm going to get him it all and spend three times the amount of money than the mom next to me that kid is like i want a burger and he's gonna eat that whole burger because i don't because the texture could be weird the bread could be weird there's all these little things that i have to think about but i'm also willing to buy him three meals if that's what i gotta do
1: (laughs) yeah so yeah oh i have so many memories of sesame place it's so funny we talked about that
0: Well, it's like, I think the one here is way smaller than the one in Pennsylvania. And they're no, it's
1: very like, small. I think they're parking. It's a very, very small park.
0: And I um, think uh, they're newer here. So I'm I'm still not counting them out because I don't think Gino will ever grow out of loving Sesame Street. And lately he's been singing the song, like, can you tell me how to get? I'm like, I think he's trying to tell us he wants to go to Sesame Street. Like, like he's like singing to us, like, can you tell me to Sesame Street?
1: <laughs> so we actually never called it Sesame Place. Ali always called it Elmo's house. Oh, yeah, like she uh, I still I that was my favorite place as a little kid. So I don't know. I don't think you ever get it's like Disney World. You really get too old to go because they're not for nothing. There's their water slides and stuff. Those are for big kids. Those are not for little kids.
0: Oh, I know one of them is like Oh, crazy loopy thing I was like I am not even nope I'm not I am not not Mm -hmm. I so I just think we have to remember like you have to make inclusion accept like possible and you can with small little tweaks and just a little consideration
1: yeah like it can happen it can and it's not the kids fault that they can't keep a bracelet on their hand or wait in the line.
0: And, and I think I got scolded. They told me it was a $50 like courtesy that they were giving me. I'm like, I'm trading you. Like, I'm not even like trying to steal. I'm just like this. Courtesy. Can I have one? I know that word just killed me because it's like, you have such an opportunity here. Great Wolf Lodge. Don't like keep your foot out of your mouth and just make it happen our kids deserve it and we can't put the pressure on them to change i feel exactly. like we have to be the change it has to start with us
1: well that's just the conversation i know for me in 2024 i'm just not having the conversation anymore like my kid i'm not changing my kids not changing who she is to fit into your mold
0: exactly and i'm not doing that anymore we're done with
1: that my
0: son's comfort means a lot, and he should be welcomed at, at every place that everyone else is at. He sh- it shouldn't be where I have to really consider dividing and conquering with my family anymore. Like it, it, I'm over it. I'm over places not being accessible to him.
1: My daughter said the cutest thing to her doctor the other day because it's it's um I guess you know it was Martin Luther King Day this Martin. Luther- Martin Luther King Jr. Day this week and we were at her doctor and she said something about, it was so sweet. She was like, and I will not be segregated because then she starts quoting him. Okay. And she's like, and he ended segregation and he did not believe. And she just started going on and on. Her doctor just gave her a hug and was like, I love her because she was just like doing her, her whole like civil rights speech. And she's just like, Mom, you've taught her well. I'm like, yes, we've been read. I've been reading her civil rights kids books and she's little because this is, this affects her. It was just so sweet because she was just basically saying like, I will be where the other kids are, whether you like it or not. It was, it was awesome. I'm like, that's right, Allie, you tell them.
0: Exactly, and you belong there and you deserve it. And it seems like we're still fighting a fight that's already been fought almost.
1: Well, yeah, oh, people, oh, that's, what it is. that's what it is too, right? Um, people think of racism, right? It's just like things from the 50s that have, we've overcome. And I'm like, well, there's all other kinds of people that are still experiencing it too. Like, yeah, you may have moved on from one class of people. Now you're focusing on a different. It's the same thing.
0: It, it truly is. And I don't think people fully have made that connection but if we do i promise it's not that difficult to be an inclusive place for everyone there it's not that difficult and you can make it happen but the change has to not be put on the child or the person with a the disability they're not responsible to making every establishment accessible that's the establishment, that's society, that's the adults, that's our responsibility. Because, like, we always say, you're just one accident away from being disabled.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm always, like, in two seconds. And this is not, like, a BYOR, bring your own ramp world. Can you imagine, can you imagine having to bring your own ramp everywhere? No, but
0: I've imagined that I really wish I had one, in some places I've been. So... So and I think for 2024 I'm not standing for it either. While we're going out, we're doing the things and people are going to hear me roar if I need to because I'm just so tired of de- like my husband and my uh, Jackson being one place and me and Jaden being another. It's not that's not how I want no. their childhood memories to be. I want to be there. I want to be a part of his memories and I want Jaden deserves those memories too he does so 2024 here i come watch out
1: <laughs> more. we're running yeah. in like the kool-aid man
0: <laughs> hey well we'll see you next week we are uh going to hopefully have the autism mom on i'm super excited for that
1: me too she always has a
0: ton of great advice
1: she does <laughs>